While circumstances may be difficult at times, each of us has the power to choose what we believe in. This book portrays an ominous story of a father who lost his 15-year-old son, James, to suicide and tells of his journey in depression, self-examination, persistence, and hope. Follow along as motivational speaker Joe Hopfer offers insight into the problems that everyone must address in life. Valeria Tellez interviews Joe Hopfer, the author of Hiding Behind My Smile, a courageous journey from tragedy to living a happy, fulfilled life. Joe Hopfer is a nonfiction best-selling author of his latest book. Joe emotionally explains how he was able to pull himself up from the lowest time in his life to living a happier, fulfilled life. Joe keeps the reader's interest with his use of parables. Joe's writing style makes the user believe they can make it through the problems they are dealing with. Joe lives close to nature on his 10-acre Christmas tree farm in rural Northeast Pennsylvania. Meet Joe at joehopfer.com. Here is the interview with Joe Hopfer. In your own words, who is Joe Hopfer? I am a man who simply wants to help people realize that their future doesn't have to be their past, to help them realize that changing their life is easier than we make it. How did you come to these conclusions of these uh, understandings about life? So basically, in 2010, I lost my 15-year-old son, James, to suicide. And up until that point, um, I mentioned in the book that I was walking, I was sleepwalking through life. Yeah. And this woke me up and I started realizing that I needed to change and I needed to uh, become the man that I was intended to be. Yeah, I wonder, Joe, if it always takes suffering and challenges for us to understand uh, embody wisdom or these profound lessons. Do you think we can learn from others, other people's wisdom, instead of going through tough times? Most definitely, because there are people that, that have done that in life, and we see them. Right. And for me, as a speaker and advocate for suicide awareness and prevention, I'm trying to make people realize that they don't have to wait for a tragedy um, in their life, that they can change before that happens, and to live a happy, fulfilled life instead of sleepwalking through life. What is one component that you find to be very helpful or perhaps the most important one when it comes to making these changes? Learning to be self-aware and learning to pay attention to our thoughts because our thoughts mm -hmm. will tell us what our problems are and will help us pay attention to what we're actually focusing on. I never paid attention to my thoughts. Um, I never knew I could. So I found that to be the most helpful and one of the first steps in learning my journey for my change. That is a, a powerful reminder for all of us. I agree. The thoughts, yeah, our actions, of course, before it's always thoughts before become actions. So that is a powerful message. And I love also the message that I translated as self-love, self-compassion. Yes. And now listening to the inner critic as oh, often as we do. <laughs> I used to treat my inner critic as my best friend, yes. Mm. 
Right. Talk to me for a moment about that, Joe. Self-love, self-compassion, and not listening to the inner critic all the time. Well, the problem is that we're not taught to love ourselves right. because we're we're told that that's vain right. and we should put other people first when, in fact, um, we do have to be careful by loving ourselves that we become egotistical, right. but we don't have to be. And loving ourselves the way I refer to is paying attention to the way we talk to ourselves, not listening to our inner critic and learning to turn down the volume of our, our inner critic is very helpful to becoming more happy in life. You're so right about that, that most of us feel almost guilty when we wanted to uh, set boundaries or speak our truth. Yes. That is funny how, yeah, because I, I remember and still do. That's It's a practice for life, it seems to me. I hesitate a lot of times, um, not a lot of times these days, but less than before, right. because I'm a lot more aware of how important it is to live our truth and believe in ourselves. It's so important to not listen to everyone. But I think the problem that we find is that we don't know what our truth are. Mm, right. We, are right. we believe our truth is what society tells us it is, mm. and that is not what makes us happy. How do we find our, our truth? How do we discover or uncover that, Joe, from your perspective? First, to, to, to discover that, we have to be honest with ourselves, not critical to ourselves, but honest with ourselves on how we have been living. And if we say that um, I'm a loving person, I'm a giving person, to actually reflect upon that and be honest, if I am as loving as I claim to be, Am I as giving as I claim to be and having that positive, honest reflection, having people in our lives that we can trust to tell us also to ask them their opinion will, will help us realize. Because I, I, I did that with several people and asked them to be very candid and, and honest about who they thought I was. And I was surprised it wasn't their description of me was not what I thought my description of myself was. And that helped me realize things that I was doing that made them think that way. That is a good point. And I have heard about this. It's almost like an exercise, a very good one, that I have been thinking about practicing myself with my family members, just writing down how we feel and what we think about each other. That's a great exercise. But going back to ourselves and trusting what we know to be true, how do we get to trust that, though? Because I believe that we all know, don't we, what we are here for? We do. Um, and it, it, we see many people in our lives that don't, they don't trust or believe anything that they, they do or say. And they ask, have to ask for so many people's opinion because they don't trust, mm -hmm. because they don't allow themselves to make mistakes in the past. True. And if we, we, we have to learn from our mistakes or we will re redo them and so learning from our mistakes will help us build confidence and lowering the the volume of our inner critic will allow us to do that instead of beating ourselves up or making a simple mistake so let me ask you this question the opening questions one of which what is your understanding and idea of love love is ultimately um, giving, giving of ourselves, of our time, giving of anything um, of our possession. Uh, 
that can help somebody within the moment, the day, or their whole life. And I've been blessed that I've had um, men in my life that have given to me and helped me at different times when I needed it the most. And I appreciate the love that they gave me at those times. My other question is, what do you think is the purpose of the human experience, the purpose of being here in a human body? Again, it is to, to give and to see the joy and the happiness that we can give to people makes us in turn feel just as happy and joyous um, by giving. We all say that it's better to give than receive on Christmas, yeah. but yet the rest of the year we don't practice that. So true. And that's why I don't believe in holidays. <laughs> I like the idea of living that, yeah, that truth, the spirit of love and giving every single day, every moment, actually. Right. Being aware of that. What insights have you gained from the events in 2020? That's a difficult question with all the, the, the chaos and turmoil. But if we, again, if we focus on us mm. and we learn to grow and become a better us, anything outside that is outside of our control, we are going to respond to it better. Right. If I lose my job, if I lose my son, if things that happen, tragedy will happen. But the more I am honest with myself and the, the more I am living the, my life as the real genuine me, these things will not impact me anywhere near as much as it impacted me when I did lose my son. Do you have any spiritual practices? Do you believe in life after life? I was, I was um, raised Catholic and I didn't, I didn't connect well with the, the Catholic Church. But after losing my son, um, I reached out to a Christian church that I had gone to a few times and because I realized that I couldn't do this myself. And so, um, you know, I turned to God. And um, for me, that was very comforting and living more by his word. Yeah. Now, what other people believe is wonderful, and I respect that. Right. Um, so whatever we believe to live by that, um, which we find to be true and genuine, is to me very important. So what is your idea of God? What, where, and who is God to you? Well, you know, we, we say that some people that don't believe in God talk about the universe. Yeah. Well, a higher being of some sort created the universe. Whether you want to believe in God, that's fine. If you want to believe in another type prophet, that's great too. But somebody created the universe. And to understand what you feel comfortable with that created the universe, that everything around us was created by that person, including ourselves. And we were put here to experience this and not to be mean to each other, but to appreciate, learn, respect, and love each other. Yes. And those things, our life is easier and happier, but yet we let our emotions mm, yeah. and the negative feelings we have get involved and ultimately they, they do control us at times. 
So true. Yeah. And that's why you speak about belief systems yeah, or believing. Yes. So important to watch and observe our thoughts. I agree. And I do have a question for you about that's not here, just came to mind is the meaning of losing the body, some called death. I don't believe in death. What do you think that is when we go through that experience? Well, we know that our bodies are made of energy. Yeah. And what's interesting is we say that, but I, I really, it really hit home with me. One time I saw somebody getting um, the electric shock back to life. Mm, and I, right. it, it really connected with me that that person had lost the, ele- the electricity in their life and their body, and they were able to put it back into their heart. So we are made of energy or some type of electricity, and everything's created from energy so when we die we are still that meant that mental energy that we call our spirit and you know where that goes not too sure but i'm assuming whatever your beliefs are um that our spirit goes back to where it was created have you had that experience of feeling your son around you after he passed on? Um, no, I haven't. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, hopefully it will happen, but it, you know, it hasn't happened, so I'm okay with that. So my last warm-up question for you is freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? Freedom is letting go and shedding all our baggage that we carry around that we call our problems. And those are regrets, those are self-pity, those are anger, um, those are fears. And once we let go of those, um, we do become very free and we're able to be more the genuine self of who we are. So you wrote the book, Hiding Behind My Smile, A Courageous Journey from Tragedy to Living a Happy, Fulfilled Life. Two initial questions. How did you become a writer, and what was the intention of writing your book? Well, um, like many people, I had the same um, beliefs that what I had to say, nobody wanted want to listen to. Right. What I had to say wasn't a value. Um, and those were two beliefs I had before my journey. And so um, I began speaking as an advocate for suicide awareness and I saw the impact that I did have on some people's lives. And so um, I woke up one morning and five o'clock and I turned on my laptop and I started writing my book. It was that, that much of a just, it wasn't a dream of mine throughout my life. It was just something that I felt that I needed to share and I was ready to share. And as you saw, I'm very candid yeah. in admitting mistakes I made. But I do that so people understand that other people make mistakes and they are just as human and flawed as everybody else. The inspiration for the title. Talk to me for a moment about that. Well, um, in in the book, I include the suicide note that my son wrote. And I did that because of the life lesson that, again, I knew, but I wasn't paying attention to. And basically the life lesson was that he valued an opinion of a girl that he loved 
more than he valued his own opinion of himself. Right. And ultimately, you know, she rejected him and he didn't, he didn't know how to take that. And the, he drew the happy face and the angry face on his note. And I saw the confusion behind that. And I realized that many people, including myself in the past, do live their life hiding behind their smile. We don't want people to see who we really are out of fear, out of embarrassment, out of worry that we're not good enough. So we put a false front on, which is our smile, hoping people will like the, the false impression that we give the world when we do that because we don't like who we are. Suicide, this is a topic that I don't discuss too often, that I would love to, more often, to put this out there. But for some reason, um, not a lot of people talk about or want to. So I have a few guests, not too many. I would like to ask you questions about, let me start with that one, suicide awareness and prevention, those topics. Let me begin with this question. What do you think is the main cause of suicide in the United States? For, for me... Um, I believe it's the, um, we don't value ourselves very high, which is part of the self-love that we talked about. Yeah. And if we can value ourselves higher while still being humble, right. um, we'll realize that we have a lot to offer the world and the world has a lot for me to offer me. And when we are giving of our nature, we get great joy from that. And so we have to learn that when somebody rejects me in the form of if I offer to give and they don't want to accept my offer of giving, that I don't get offended by that. This is a message not just for that's needed, not just for teenagers, children, but parents, us adults. We need to embody that value of self-value a lot more than we do. That's for sure. For me, it has been a practice and um, I'm trying to pass that on around me and I see the influence. But in not in the sense of talking about it, which I do here in a podcast, but I live that. And I see how that kind of spreads that wave of just, oh, how she takes care of herself and how she values herself. And that I see people around me doing the same. It's a beautiful thing if we can live our truth. Yes, it is. And um, talk to me for a moment about the gatekeeper you speak in a book about being this protector of your own mind. Yeah, so we don't understand how much we have in our subconscious mind. And as I mentioned in the book, that I have these lyrics to the song of the TV show Gilligan's Island that I never once sat down, wrote down, and purposely tried to memorize, but yet they went in there and they're in there. And that made me think about what else is in there and are those positive things or those negative things. So starting to be aware of not only my thoughts, but what I allow in. And if I allow negativity in how adversely it affects me and negatively directs my life. So now I try to only accept positive things, events, people in my life to help me become a better version of myself. Yeah. And that takes courage, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. 
Yeah, to let go of some people who don't serve that purpose. And, you know, I'm not saying to be mean about it. Right, right. We can help people um, that are negative, but if they don't want our help, we, we often hold on to them and they negatively impact us. So true. So it goes back to self-value, self-love. Yes. 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 It's funny how it goes back to the self-knowledge, self-awareness, right? Goes back to the self, us, starts here. I have a question here for you. Yeah, let me ask you this way. Is deeply loving someone worth the pain of losing them if it ever happens? Of course. Yes, it is. Um, If we don't have the pain, Mm. then we don't understand what pleasure is. And we we base everything that we do in life either on pleasure or pain. If I look at exercise as a pleasurable experience, I will do it. People that look at exercise as a painful experience will not do it. So people also look at relationships as painful and they stop um, putting themselves out there because of one or two times that they were hurt. So true. So they give up in a way. Yes, they do. Yeah. Mm. Because they place such a high value of pain because, Mm. but, but again, that pain, as I talk about, is a fear, which isn't as real as we make it. I have lots of questions here for you. I'll be able to ask all of them. Let me choose some of them. (laughs) Grief. How would you describe grief? And what have you learned the most powerful lessons you have learned by going through grief so so grief is is a disruption in the reality Mm. that we want to have right and when that reality is changed drastically either through a sudden death or a long-term illness of a friend or a family member that is painful and so the thing that I learned, never having actually experienced grief before, the, the main thing I got out of it was compassion for others. Because TV teaches us that we'll go through a week or a season and life is back to normal. Most employers only give us three days off to grieve. Wow. Yeah. So I never understood right. that grief is so much more than that. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings about grief especially when it comes to society. I talked to a lot of people about this specific topic here. How do we change that, Joe? I know you're doing your part, but do you see other ways that we can do that together? Learning, again, it goes back to learning about ourselves and what we value. Um, The closer we come to death, the more we appreciate life. And most elderly people will tell you this. And if we actually listen to them um, openly, and start to self-reflect and apply that to our own lives, um, we can appreciate it. Again, never having dealt with death um, until losing my son, I didn't understand. When I lost my father, as I talk about in the book, I was very blessed to be there at his side. Um, And in his time of most uncertainty, I was there to, to just give him love. And, you know, it changed me. Um, a great deal being able to be part of that and give him that gift. So when we are losing the body of somebody we love, it's going through that experience, 
then that's what it seems like he wake, wakes up that, that truth in all of us. Oh, wait right. a minute. I could have loved more, deeper. Yes. Yes. Because ultimately, that's what this whole beautiful thing is all about, <laughs> called life. It never ends, as you mentioned about energy. So it goes round and round, just never goes away. And it's trying to say one thing, one thing only, let's love. <laughs> and when it comes to regrets, do you have any, Joe, as of today? Um, I, I don't have anywhere near as many as I used to. Yeah. Um, and as I through my inventory of memories and emotions when I find one that's troubling me I I do try to you know wipe it from my mind and a very powerful phrase that that I learned um, about healing from regrets is I simply tell myself if I would have known better would I have done better and the answer is always yes because it's easy for us to beat ourselves up now about months or years ago, but we didn't have the knowledge that we have now back then. So it's not fair to us. It's not loving to ourselves to beat ourselves up about that, accepting who we were then and to, to allow ourselves to deal with it. Thank you so much, Joe, for your beautiful message. Powerful, beautiful, and true. Oh, my privilege. I love the poem you have written in the book, Chapter 6, 3 a.m., my son, a gift you left behind. That's the poem that you wrote. It's incredibly beautiful. So I wonder if you could read that to us, or sure. if you choose to, of course. Yes, I would like to. Yeah, thank you. My son, a gift you left behind. I am told of a gift that you left for me. I am very confused. What can it be? You left it behind for me to find. Can I open my heart? Can I open my mind? This gift that you have supposedly left for me, the pain of your loss prevents me to see. My heavy broken heart and my eyes full of tears, my heart full of anger and other things I fear. We have put you in the earth and covered you with the headstone, the sorrow and emptiness. I now feel so alone. Way down deep inside, I feel a slight spiritual lift. Is it God telling me, that you have given me one last gift. What can I be thinking? My precious son is now gone. There is no gift to be had. Yet this strange feeling continues to long. The hours turn to days and the days turn to weeks. Many months have gone by, but yet I still weep, blind to a gift that I cannot see. Do I need my eyes to help me find the gift you have left for me? What kind of gift that is physically not there? How will I find it? or even to nowhere. To open my heart, though I do truly dare, I am hiding from pain that is hidden behind my blank, long stare. This gift, this gift, the thought does not leave me. Oh, how I anguish to know what it could be. Others have lost loved ones, but do I really care? So much pain in my heart, the compassion is but rare. James, you loved others more than you loved yourself. Is this something I should look for? So I may be blessed. I wonder about this gift that you seem to have left for me. Only with your help can you show me where it might be. The gift you have left was yours alone to give. I did not know of its true value during the time you lived. You tried to give it to me often, but my mind was closed and my heart wouldn't soften. Another parent has lost a child from your same pain. Tears now fall from my eyes 
that I could no longer contain. Why do I now feel another parent's loss and pain? The clouds cover the sun and it begins to rain. I stare out the window in the gray cloudy haze. Your gift has entered my heart, much to my amaze. I see it so clearly in one sudden gaze. It's the love you had for others. is to suffer their pain. The price I have paid is too high of a price to have this emotional gift within my earthly life. I would rather have you with me to see you hold tight. It wasn't my decision, but yours to shine like a light. Your love and compassion for others is your wonderful gift. This gift I will learn to love when my pain and sorrow once lift. In me you grow and your love shines fully bright. Thank you, my dear son. I will have this wonderful gift the rest of my life. Thank you so much, Joe, for being an inspiration to all of us. This courage that comes from the heart, it can be felt. Thank you for being you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. So I have a few more questions before I ask them. Would you like to add anything? Um, no, I, just, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to share and to give my story to, to help anybody that might uh, someday be affected by it. Thank you for your compassion. It's a very compassionate work. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Often there are people that are afraid of success because they've seen success in different formats by people showing greed or um, little compassion. So success is, for me, the best me, um, the better me I can be tomorrow. And by being successful, I am then able to give more of myself. Mm, yes, a billion times, yes, to that wisdom. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? I know that we were born. I know that we will die. And I know that I am no better than anybody else. Thank you so much again for your compassion, the inspiration you have become to all of us, for the work, for your beautiful presence. Thank you, Joe. Valera, thank you very much. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, books, products, services, and future projects? Um, my website is um, www.johopfer.com. Um, my book is available on, on Amazon. Wonderful. I'll have the link to your website on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Valera, take care. Thank you, you very much. You too, Joe. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Joe Hopfer and his work, please visit joehopfer.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.